the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's already new. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park and 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. A true Jew is not one who has the the outward forms to impress men. He's one who has the internal change, and what he does is to simply get praise from God, not praise from men. Remember, Jesus condemned the Pharisees for their, you know, you want the praise of men. It's more important to you than the praise of God. They didn't care what God said. It's the praise of men. The Lord Jesus and Paul saying here the same thing. Look, a true Jew is one who wants to obey to get praise from God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2, So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. The context makes it clear that Jesus did not think it was much of a reward. But to be rewarded by God, well, that is something special. Hello, this is Peter Silseth. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel is guiding us in a study of the first three chapters of the Book of Romans. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside, which is located in Clearwater, Florida. In verses 25 through 29 of Romans chapter 2, Paul discussed circumcision. The Jews of his time were counting on that little medical procedure to get them into heaven. What does that have to do with 21st century Gentiles? As we will discover in a moment, it has a great deal to do with us. Let's listen now as Pastor Steve discusses the modern application of Paul's argument. Now, what may be going through your mind are thoughts like, who cares? (laughs) What difference does circumcision make today? How is it relevant to me in the 20th century? We're not debating this issue now. Aren't we? This truth is more relevant than maybe many of us realize. Because instead of the rite of circumcision being the mark of salvation, so-called Christians today think that baptism is. Communion is. Church membership is. Any ritual. Baptism, communion, or the Lord's Supper simply are symbols of an inward reality of Christ in a person's life. They're just symbols, but how many people take those symbols and believe that they're saved by them? You see, when you're baptized, you are outwardly, outwardly demonstrating what has already taken place inside. That you have, at conversion, you have been identified with Jesus Christ in his death and his burial and his resurrection. And the baptism is simply an outward symbol of what's already taken place inwardly. A change of heart. Identification with Christ. The waters of baptism are just symbolic. 
Now, don't misunderstand. If you're a believer and you've never been baptized by immersion, you should be. Because out of obedience to the Lord. But that obedience to the Lord is an expression of true faith. It will not save you. Same thing with communion. Communion or the Lord's Supper is, is just a symbol. It's an important symbol, but it's just a symbol. When we take the bread and the cup as we will tonight, and we are using symbols. It's not the, the body and the, and, and the, the blood of Christ. There's symbols. If that's the body and the blood of Christ, believe me, we are all in trouble. They're just symbols to proclaim the Lord's death for our sins and, and it proclaims our faith in Him and we do that until He comes. Just symbolic. It's a memorial. We're to do this in remembrance of Him. You see, the symbols of baptism and communion are only of value if you've trusted Christ. Just like circumcision is only of value if you are a believer. But if you haven't trusted him, they're meaningless. You just you just got water on you. If you don't know Christ and you were baptized. You just took a little little matzah and some grape juice. If you don't know Christ and you took the Lord's Supper. Now, how relevant is this issue? Why do you think parents, some parents have infants baptized? That's right. In some churches and some Protestant churches. Uh, certainly not all, and uh, but there are groups of churches, uh, some covenant churches, reformed churches, not all, some Presbyterian churches who do this. The Roman Catholic Church baptizes infants. Why do you think they do that when the Bible, uh, in fact, not only is the Bible silent on that issue, the Bible teaches against it because it's very clear in the scriptures that baptism is for believers. In fact, that's another name we give to it. Believers' baptism. But why? Why do people insist on baptizing infants? I'll tell you why. It's a carryover from the Old Testament days of circumcision. I remember the first time I, I heard that, I, um, I was visiting a church that baptized infants, and they explained a little bit why they, why they do that, and I thought, that's interesting. The only problem is the Bible doesn't teach that. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that speaks of that. You never see any infant being baptized in scripture. But why did they do that? Let me quote to you from Dr. Ludwig Ott, O-T-T, in his book, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma. Now he is writing from a Catholic perspective. He's a Catholic, a theologian, and this is what he, what he states, and I'll quote from him. He says, the sacraments, and he means baptism, confirmation, the Eucharist, amongst other things also, but the sacraments confer grace immediately that is without the mediation of fiducial trust. You know what he's saying? What he's saying is that as soon as the sacrament is administered, grace and righteousness are received regardless of whether there's true faith or not. It really doesn't matter if there's faith or not. That child is baptized, it's okay. He also states, baptism confers the grace of justification. He's saying that a child baptized is righteous before God. He also states, baptism affects the remission of all punishments of sin, both the eternal and temporal. End of quote. Many, many Protestant churches do the same thing. They have this idea that, that if the parents are believers and you baptize the children, the children then are, are going to be part of the covenant and they'll be believers and they'll be safe and they'll be okay. Even if they don't believe, they're part of the covenant. 
Very popular thinking in, in many circles. Now, do you see how relevant the principles of Romans chapter 2 are? Rituals, ceremonies, legalistic observances don't make anyone righteous. The ceremonies and ordinance that God told his people to do were always symbolic. Always symbolic. And if there's no internal reality, no substance, then there's no real thing. The symbol is meaningless. It's just a symbol. Then why do people gravitate to rituals and ceremonies and religious acts? You know why? Because man has such a bent and a desire to be religious, to be worshiping something, to have confidence in something or someone, that when he doesn't have the real thing and he doesn't have true faith in Christ, he's got to substitute a lot of, of rituals and ceremonies and forms and all these things to cover up what's really lacking in his life. In fact, if you read the book of Hebrews, it's amazing how the book of Hebrews has such parallels in, certain, in some things that are going on in, in today's Christendom, not with true believers, but today's Christendom, the relationship between what's going on today and what the writer to the Hebrews was condemning as saying, God is giving you something much better. Those who take the name of Christ and yet have all kinds of rituals and forms, they're going back to the old covenant. Something God said, there's something better. The reality is here. The real thing is here. Sacrifice is gone. Christ is here. The priesthood is gone. Christ is here. All the other things. The rituals are gone. Christ is here. Why are you fooling around with, with the symbols when you've got the reality? You see? But why do people do that? Because, because man is by nature religious. And when he, hasn't ha when he doesn't have a relationship with the true and the living God, he's got to cover up for that with a whole lot of, lot of forms and ritualistic ceremonies. In fact, this, this also, this whole principle carries through with, with Christians. Not that Christians are trusting in those things to get to heaven, but, but I've noticed that uh, people who, who tend to gravitate to, uh, to formalistic things and, and ritualistic things, oftentimes... It's, it's simply to, to substitute what's, what's really lacking in their life. And that's a daily walk of obedience to the Lord. That's why Jesus said those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. It's very simple. You don't need a lot of forms. You don't need a, a lot of uh, liturgy and, and outward things when the reality is in your heart. That's it. The other things, if you have them, then you, you just use them to remind you of what's really in your heart. Faith in Christ. It's not forms, it's, it's Christ. Forms can really cover up reality. And, and this is why a lot of people, quite frankly, are legalistic. The legalism is an excuse for what's lacking in their life, and that's the reality of Christ. What Paul is saying in Romans 2 is if you're a Jew and have confidence in the right of circumcision, you have missed the purpose of circumcision. It's symbolic of true obedience that comes from a proper relationship with the Lord. And by application, what he's saying to us today is if you, as a so-called Christian, have confidence in the rite of baptism or communion, and yet that isn't the expression of your heart that stems from obedience and faith in Christ, you've missed the point. You've missed it. 
As Pastor Steve shifts gears in his message at this point, it's a good time to pause a moment and greet those who just tuned in. You're listening to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff. Hi, this is Steve Kreloff. I wanted to take a few moments today to tell you how pleased I am that you're listening to Verse by Verse. Our goal here at Verse by Verse is to teach people the Word of God so that they'll be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and glorify God. I hope that you've been learning and growing in your faith as you've listened to our broadcasts. As a faithful listener to these broadcasts, I feel you should know that Verse by Verse needs your financial support. It's costly to prepare and broadcast these programs, and we can only continue to do so if our listeners support this ministry. So I would ask you to please consider giving a gift as a way of saying thank you to the Lord for providing this program to help you in your Christian walk. All gifts to Verse by Verse are tax deductible. You can give via PayPal on our website, which is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Or you can send your gifts to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you, and may our Lord richly bless and strengthen you as you listen to him speak, verse by verse. Now, here is Pastor Steve with the conclusion of today's class. Now, Paul makes his conclusion about the Jews standing before God, and I am sure that this hurt, deeply hurt, the Jew reading this letter at Rome. Look at verses 28 and 29. I think some misunderstood verse, but very important. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Neither is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Now, some people would disagree with me on this, but I do not think that Paul is saying that all Gentile believers are true Jews. You hear that much today. I think Gentile believers are are true children of Abraham by faith. But I don't think anywhere the Bible calls them true Jews. Let me put it in context. Rather, what Paul is saying, and this is the context, the context is he's writing to a Jewish audience in chapter 2. It's a Jewish audience. And he's saying to this Jewish audience, if you all, or rather, if all you have is the outward mark of circumcision, Without the inward reality of faith that results in obedience, then you aren't a true Jew. You're just like a Gentile. You may be a Jew outwardly. You may be a Jew in the flesh. And what is a Jew in the flesh? A physical Jew is a physical descendant of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. But he says you're not a true Jew. You're not a spiritual Jew. You're not a completed Jew. You're just a physical descendant. You're not a spiritual descendant. A true Jew is one, not only a physical descendant of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob, but a true Jew is one who's also had surgery performed on his heart by the Spirit of God. He's had an internal change, not just external. A true Jew is one who has personal faith in God, person whose heart's been changed. I said just a few minutes ago, it's not just that he has the blood of Abraham running through his veins, but he's got the faith of Abraham in his heart. And it's interesting, this expression, his praise is not from men, but from God. You know, that's a play on words. 
Remember when we started this, I think it was last week when we dealt with verse 17, we said that the word Jew comes from Judah, one of the tribes. You know what Judah means? Praise. That's what Judah means. What God is saying is a true Jew is one whose Judah is from God, not men. One whose praise is from God, not men. He's one who's concerned about obedience, and that's all. A true Jew is not one who has the, the outward forms to impress men. He's one who has the internal change, and he, what he does is to simply get praise from God, not praise from men. Remember, Jesus condemned the Pharisees for their, you know, you want the praise of men. It's more important to you than the praise of God. They didn't care what God said. It's the praise of men. The Lord Jesus and Paul is saying here the same thing. Look, a true Jew is one who wants to obey to get praise from God. One of the hot issues today in certain circles is what is a true Jew? The state of Israel is having all kinds of problems with that. Um, is it one who believes in Judaism? Is it one whose mother was Jewish? Is it one who practices the religion? What is a true Jew? Well, Paul answers here. God's very specific on it. A true Jew is one who's had his heart changed by the Spirit of God. Not just outwardly, physically changed, but inwardly changed by the Spirit of God. But more important to us is the question, what is a true Christian? What is a true Christian? I, I visited a church one time where the minister got up and, and mocked, actually mocked people who questioned him whether he was a true Christian or not. Paul says, by way of application, a true Christian is not a person who trusts in baptism, communion, church membership, anything of symbolic value or trust in anything apart from Christ. Any outward symbol, but one who's had his heart changed by Jesus Christ. And the, and the issue is, and these are salvation messages because we're dealing with that. Have you had your heart changed by Christ? Have you really trusted Christ? That is the message of Romans 2. Because if you've not trusted Christ, you're trusting these other things. If that's what you think is going to get you to heaven, then you're no better off than the Jew of the first century who thought that his distinguishing mark was circumcision. And God says, if there's no obedience to evidence, faith, then it doesn't matter. What about you? Where, where are you? Have you trusted Christ? Have you come to that point where you realize I can't bring anything to him? All my righteousness is like filthy rags. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus? Have you, have you seen that salvation is so very, very simple? It's simply humbling yourself and admitting that you cannot get into heaven by trying to be good. God won't let you because the issue of sin must be dealt with. And that's why God supplied the solution when he came into this world in the person of Christ and he died on the cross. And Jesus said, it is finished. When he died, it's finished. He meant that men's sin, man's sin has been paid for. And God says, simply come and believe that trust in his death for you. You can't make it on your own, but trust that it's already finished. Rely upon that finished work. You see, religion says, I have to do something. There's something I must do. True faith says, it's already done. 
Just believe it. Just trust. Just depend upon that. That's the message of Romans chapter 2. And if we go through these uh, passages, these chapters, and you miss that, then you've missed the point. You can't go on in Romans unless you understand that apart from Christ, you're lost and you need to be found. You need to be saved. You need to be given the gift of righteousness. And let me say by way of application to, to Christians, when we witness to people, these are the issues we need to deal with. These are the things we need to explain that, that church-going and ritualistic ceremonies can never get, in, get a person to heaven. And don't be afraid to, to cut away at that. And don't be afraid to deal with those issues. That's the heart of the matter. That's what churchgoers trust in. And whether they like you or not, they need to hear a very compassionate yet firm presentation of the gospel that says your ceremonies won't cut it. So don't be afraid to say that Paul wasn't. And we need to take his example. Shall we bow for prayer? If you have never trusted Christ, you're invited to this morning. You're invited to trust Him as your Savior. You're invited to put your eternal weight upon the person of Christ. You're invited to call upon Him. It's so simple. Paul said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you do that? I can't coerce you. I can't manipulate you. Even if I could, I wouldn't. But we simply give an open invitation for you to come to Christ. Trust Him. Turn from whatever you're trusting in. Turn from yourself. Turn from church membership. Turn from baptism. Turn from doing good in the sense of trusting in that to get to heaven. And turn to Christ. When you turn from those things, you're going to turn to Christ. You can call upon Him where you are. You can call upon Him at home. You can come up after the service and speak to one of our counselors. We're, we're available to help you and give you guidance and, and proper direction out of the Scriptures. And we invite you to come up after the service speak to one of our counselors. Gary Pearson is up at the front and he'll direct you to a counselor who will love you and care for you and listen to you. And then we'll give you instruction from the Word of God. Father, we pray indeed that our hearts might be fixed upon Christ. Draw those to Yourself who are trusting in anything but Him. Lord, may our, our Jewish friends understand too that there is no difference between Jew and Gentile as far as Your concerns, sin-wise. We pray that You'll help us all, Lord, to understand that before You were sinners. We're sinners who You love, who are important to You, but nonetheless, we're sinners who need the grace of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, for Christians here, we pray that you'll help us to not get caught up in the symbols and to forget the reality. To not get caught up so much in the ceremonies and the liturgy and the forms that we forget Christ. May our hearts be fixed upon him and him only. May these symbols simply point us to him and remind us of him and not to take our eyes off of him. For this we pray in His name. Amen. With what could we hope to purchase that which has no price? God offers us a gift that has value beyond all measure, and He offers it for free. The author of Hebrews asked, How will we escape 
if we neglect so great a salvation. I hope you can rejoice in the confidence of knowing your eternal future is secure. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His expository messages come to your radio through the work of Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of faithful listeners who are first faithful to their own local churches. If you would like to hear today's class again or go back and make up a previous class, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. We also offer a free podcasting service and a newsletter. That's at versebyverseradio.org. Our class today was the conclusion of a three-part message. It's part of an extended series of lessons about the first three chapters of the book of Romans. To hear this entire message, you can order a CD or cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. The number again is 727-441-1714. If you have ever shared your faith, you know that practically everyone has some objection to the gospel. Sometimes they are downright hostile. As we move on to chapter 3 of Romans in our next class, Pastor Steve will consider how Paul dealt with some of those objections. I hope to see you then. times we're not in position for our breakthrough because when we should be sitting and serving we're searching the blessings of god will chase you down so you've got to be in position and say you know what i'm gonna settle myself i'm gonna serve god faith talk 570 and 910 wtb three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.